to every viewers who are just about to join us and this is vans that's right welcome to copy with vans the podcast where we explore a wide range of topics related to health and fitness that's right you've been seeing me for the past three years and um, i mean i'm actually very excited to dive into a today's topic um, it's all about all you wanted to know about acid reflux and gut. And um, each week we bring you expert insights and inspiring stories as well. And practically practical tips to help you to live your healthiest and happiest life. Uh, whether you are interested in the nutrition, fitness or mental health or any other aspect of, health, aspect of wellness, we got you covered. Uh, our goal is to provide you with the information and tools you need to make informed decisions about your health and well-being. And of course, we're going to chat about with one of our experts, one of our doctors who's going to jump in very shortly. We believe that everyone deserves to live a life full of vitality and joy, and we are here to help you that. So grab a cup of coffee right now, sit back and join us as we explore the fascinating world of health and wellness on Kopi Vid. Vance. So, without further ado, I'm going to invite Dr. Shankar Pasupati. Let's invite Dr. In. Hello, Doctor. Hi, Vance. Hi, how are you, sir? Greetings. How's your day been today? Very good. Thank you very much. Had a nice day. Um, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you, Doctor. I know it's a busy schedule, especially doctors, you know, back to back. And I know what exactly, you know, you're rushing and you're back here with us and copy rest. So, thank you so much for that, Doctor. Thank you. Not at all. Thanks for the opportunity to chat with you today. Thank you, Doctor. So, um, Doctor, today's topic, and of course, uh, before we jump into the topic itself, um, you want to do a short introduction about yourself, our viewers? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a doctor specializing in gastrointestinal um, conditions. I'm, I'm a general surgeon by training. I used to work at SGH for many years. I currently have my own practice at Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Um, it's called the Digestive Center. And we deal with all kinds of digestive issues. We actually have a quite a comprehensive practice because we have a dietitian in house. We also uh, manage uh, lifestyle interventions with a physio. So all the medical uh, conditions that also require some element of um, lifestyle, dietary uh, changes, and all that. I think we 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 need to tackle it in a holistic way. So that's like that's what um, we want to talk about. 
and I'm glad Vance, you you also tend to do that in 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 the way you you manage all your clients as well. And I think that's a that's the the right way to go, right? We need to. Thank you, doctor. I mean, I'm I'm hearing a lot of stuff. I guess you're mentioning, like, you know, you have a nutrition and a whole lot of uh, expertise with you. So it's more like a holistic approach that you are heading to. Can I say that, doc? Yes, yes, that's right, Vance. Um, it's quite important that we we tackle a lot of these problems with, because many of these conditions are related very much to our modern lifestyle. You know, we right. we've left the farming, agricultural lifestyle and, and the very simple kampung uh, yeah. uh, lifestyle to become very rural, uh, city, urbanized kind of lifestyle. Right. The pace is faster, like you mentioned, you know. So, so new problems come along. Right. So sometimes we need to look at it from different points of view to, to fully understand all the issues that are going on. Thank you, Doctor. I mean, uh, today's topic is going to be very interesting because the moment I posted it out, uh, I got a few inquiries as well as as well as some questions. So definitely, viewers are welcome and encouraged to ask uh, Dr. Shankar uh, if any of the questions pertaining to this topic so that, you know, we can discuss and then we can answer you as well. So uh, we are live at, right now at Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube, LinkedIn and Facebook. So please do share and like and show us your support. The more you share, uh, the more you can actually, we can create a more awareness as well, right? Uh, this topic, it's all about acid reflux and, you know, what happens and why it happens and how we possibly can prevent it. Um, so we're going to engage uh, very soon, but uh, do share and like as well. So, Doctor, uh, let's dive into the topic itself. Um, I mean, you know, we, we all have this, what we call heartburn, you know, the layman term of heartburn. And the moment when someone have it, uh, the first thing they do is go and take some yogurt or some tayuru in the Tamil or some yogurt drink. You know, all these drinks to, you know, they think that, you know, it's immediate interventions or remedies. Um, but I'm going to start off with the acid reflux. And what are the most common symptoms, Doc? You know, Vance, that's a that's a great question. I think we got to start off with trying to understand exactly what it is and and. The, the first thing before we even talk about acid reflux is we need to understand where is this acid coming from? What is the problem? So I'm going to first start talking a little bit about anatomy. So we have our mouth. When you eat something, you drink something, it passes through the mouth and then it goes into the throat, which is in the neck. And then it passes through the esophagus, which is actually in the chest. Okay. So the esophagus is also known as the gullet. Uh, which transports whatever we eat and drink from the mouth and the throat down towards the stomach. Now, the stomach is actually below the diaphragm. The stomach is in the abdomen. Okay, so yeah. the abdomen and the chest are actually two very different parts of our torso, you know, because the chest is an area which has the heart and the lungs and is subject to a negative kind of pressure every time we breathe. But the abdomen is, you know, we all understand because it's where the core muscles are and where the abs are. It's a very strong part of the torso. And mm. where when we strain, uh, there's a lot of force acting on all the organs inside the abdomen, okay? Now, that little bit of anatomy I wanted to talk about because when we talk about acid reflux, that acid is actually in the stomach, which is supposed to be below our diaphragm. And this acid is then being pushed upwards into the esophagus. So you are feeling the symptoms somewhere along the chest or even up to the throat. Or worse right. comes to worse, you actually feel something coming out in your mouth. Okay, so right. it's called reflux because it is coming in a reverse direction. 
Okay, so so this is the problem. So acid is normal, and I want to emphasize that acid is normal and secreted by our stomach because it is part and parcel of the digestive process. Okay, so we need to digest the food that we consume. Typically, when you eat meat and vegetables and even rice or noodles or any kind of food, you kind of break it down, right? So we have mechanical digestion taking place in the mouth, our teeth, we chew. Then after when we swallow, the stomach is a very strong organ. It's going to mash the food, but it also injects acid and enzymes into the food to break it down and kind of digest it as well. So that is supposed to remain in the stomach and right. then it is supposed to go downwards, right? But sometimes something goes wrong lah, and this stuff starts to go back up. Now, that is acid reflux, okay? And doctor, I mean, um, as we are still talking about this um, acid reflux and what are the symptoms, right? Um, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? So the acid is a very powerful kind of a substance that, you know, is like a volcano, right? Whatever the food goes in and then it gets dissolved. But somehow or other, if the acid, just like what you mentioned, comes up a little bit, but mm. that wall is not meant to hold the acid. Am I right to say that? Or it's exactly. not designed? Exactly. That's why you have the whole problem called acid reflux and you feel it because, Vance, you yeah. said it right, heartburn. We all feel that. We feel this burning and we feel it like it's in our heart. Actually, it's not in the yeah. heart, you know. It is in the chest and it is behind the heart. But right. we feel it and we call it heartburn because that's the easiest way to describe it. Many people actually end up going to emergency room and thinking they're having a heart attack. Exactly. You know, they feel tired, right. like, like as if they cannot yeah. breathe. It's just the pain because the acid went to burn the esophagus. Now, the esophagus is actually a very thin tube. And it is just supposed to transfer the food from the mouth into the stomach. But because it is only supposed to transfer, it doesn't have the thick lining and the mucus production that the stomach has. So the yeah. stomach actually uh, is protected from the acid by being able to produce a mucus that will protect the wall of the stomach. And the stomach itself is very thick. Now, those of you who are familiar with eating spare parts like kway chap, you know, all those things, huh? you will know, or, or even for Europeans, you know, they have this haggis, right, in, in, in Scotland. Yep. <laughs> it's actually the stomach, which is very thick. Now, the intestine, like the esophagus, is very thin. That is what we use to make sausages. The, the lining of the intestine is very thin. So the sausages that you eat, in case you didn't realize, actually the lining of the sausage yeah. is lined by intestine and the oh. esophagus is like intestine you know very thin very thin so when acid goes upwards into the esophagus it burns and it's very uncomfortable so heartburn is the number one symptom for acid reflux the next most common symptom is the food actually coming up or the juices acid juices or even the food contents coming up so that's called regurgitation that can come up it can come up all the way into the throat. It can come even into the mouth. And typically, people feel that when they lie down after eating. Right. Because when you lie down, it's very easy for it to come up because it's you're, you're horizontal. And so you don't have the advantage of gravity to help you to send your food downwards in the correct direction. And so these are the two main symptoms, heartburn and regurgitation of food and fluid and other gastric contents. 
Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for that uh, question that you took. Uh, yes, viewers, uh, if you do have any questions, please do engage Dr. Shankar Pasupati and we will be more than happy to answer questions that pertaining to this topic. Uh, but also, Doc, you know, when we talk about this acid and this reflux, um, a, lot of, a lot of the time, um, acid reflux can be triggered by certain foods, drinks and lifestyle factors su such as spicy food or even fatty foods, alcohol, smoking and obesity. So, Doc, this is where I'm coming in, the obesity. So, obesity does increase acid reflux? Okay. So, a lot of things, like you said, you know, there's a lot of different factors that right. will trigger acid reflux. Okay. So, so I want to kind of divide this into um, two kinds of factors, right? So, one is related to what you're consuming because the job of the stomach is to digest the food that you consume. Right. But certain things that you consume is going to also irritate the stomach and it is going to create a lot of acidity in the stomach, right? That is because of the consumption of... So smoking, like you mentioned, smoking, alcohol, eating very spicy food, spicy food. all of this is going to irritate the stomach and it's yeah. not just stomach. On the way down, it's also going to irritate you, right? So all of this is one potential cause of the, the acid reflux symptoms, right? But... Then there are also some what we call intrinsic factors. When things go into the stomach, why does it not stay in the stomach? Why is it triggering and coming back up again? So this can happen when you have obesity because when you have excess, obesity is actually excess body fat. Now, this excess body fat can be located all over the body. You know, you can have fat on the neck, face is bigger, shoulders, you know, the chest, the tummy. But... More importantly, we also tend to have fat inside our abdomen. So there's a lot of fat that's packed in there, you know. This excess fat is like, um, you know, it's, it's like, think of your body like a car and the excess fat is like a lot of passengers, luggage and all that stuffed into yes. the car, you know. So yeah. all stuffed inside. So imagine what's going to happen. Things are going to start falling out of the car because you're going to put so many things inside, right? So in a sense, if you're packed with a lot of fat inside, then when you try to eat, boom, everything, you know, can't really go down because it's already stuffed. So it's a lot easier than to get acid reflux, you know. That, that's, that, that's the point. Then. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Uh, it's good to know that there are so many signs and symptoms. Um, and we will definitely will come back to this um, topic a little bit more because there are other few other questions that we want to also to explore with Dr. Shankar. And also, Doc, yes, uh, occasionally reflux and what are the some of the long-term complications associated with that? Uh, so so let's let's be clear. Because the acid is normally produced from the stomach, it's not as alarming as you know everybody. A lot of times people come in and oh my god, what's going to happen? I'm going to get cancer. I'm going to get you know bleeding and ulcers. Now all of these things are possible, but the reality is it is really not that frequent. The symptoms are a lot, and we feel it. Okay, but if you persistently have it regularly, like every day every week you're experiencing acid reflux, then, then, then it is obviously going to be a bit more significant than if it is very occasional once in a while. So imagine the acid keeps going up and then irritating the esophagus. So that can lead to some inflammation in the esophagus that can lead to pain, obviously. It can lead to bleeding. It can lead to ulcers forming. And the irritation, constant irritation of acid can even lead to what we call some cell mutations. 
Now, right. this actually is not that common. Typically, this inflammation is called esophagitis or reflux esophagitis. And it happens in 1 in 100 to 1 in 1,000 people who have acid reflux. Now, just to put it in perspective, right? In the US, when they look at the data, between 10 and 20% of people have acid reflux at any one time. And at least half the population would have experienced a significant attack of acid reflux in the past. So, so acid reflux is actually quite common. And as I'm sure all of you would have experienced, sometimes, you know, you have a heavy meal, especially if it is, uh, you know, spicy or with meat uh, and you had a large amount. And then if you added, you know, drink some beer or something gassy, would have bloated up your stomach and then you get acid reflux. So all of these things are, are something that people would have experienced at some point. So these are the things you want to watch out for. But if it's frequent and it's happening all the time, then you you really should start paying attention to that. Right. Yeah. You know, doctor. I mean, uh, prior to our topic, I did a bit of uh, research as well. I mean, okay. try to squeeze as much of your expertise, but of course, not there yet. Uh, I thought I, I I found a little bit of more interesting um, um, medicines, right, or, mm -hmm. or possibility of surgeries if it's in extreme cases. Uh, talking about these H two blockers and okay. uh, PPI. Um, yes. How are these two different, and is it definitely will ease for people with chronic uh, acid reflux or is it something that, um, how, how does this works actually? Okay, excellent. So, so you know, Vance, this is a great question because acid reflux has been much misunderstood for many, many years, okay? So in the past, before even thinking whether it is acid, people used to blame all this on the enzymes, the digestive enzymes, okay? So they thought it's all related to the enzymes, but with the discovery of this H2 blockers, what you're saying, it was recognized that H2 blockers actually block the signaling pathway for acid to be stimulated, acid production to be stimulated in the stomach. Okay, so H2 blockers, some of you might remember in the past, medication like semetidine or ranitidine, okay, the drug names are like Zantac and Tagamet. So these drugs used to be very popular. I remember when I was a kid. Uh, some of my family members were taking these medications, okay? Now, this medication actually blocks the stimulus to produce acid. Now, that is one group, okay, to produce reduce the acid production. Another group is called the antacid group, okay? Antacid has been around all along. Antacid is basically something you consume, which is a thick whitish liquid usually, which helps to dilute the acid. So it's usually a bicarbonate. So those of you who remember your chemistry from school, when you, when you want to neutralize the acid, you're going to use an alkaline solution like a bicarbonate and it kind of neutralizes that, okay? So that antacids is one, H2 blockers is one. But then uh, the, there was a new type of medication discovered, which is the PPI, as you mentioned, Vance. So PPI is the proton pump inhibitor because the acid release is actually done by the proton pumps. So the proton... H plus ion, which is the acid uh, ion, is actually released by the proton pump. So H plus is a proton. So proton pump in inhibitors are much more powerful compared to H2 blockers in terms of blocking the release of acid. So roughly in comparison, the older medications can block acid production by 50%. And the newer medication, the PPI, can block almost 100% of acid secretion. Okay, when you take them, they block 100%. Now, beware. Therein lies the danger. 
Because remember, we started out understanding that acid is required in the digestive process. So you have some symptoms, I understand. But that is not because you have hyperacidity 24-7. Okay, if you're having hyperacidity 24-7, you must be a super stressed up individual who's not sleeping and probably smoking a lot and having alcohol and whacking biryani or spicy food all the time, right? So it's, it's you know, though there are a whole bunch of things that you need to be looking at, right? It just doesn't happen like that. So we need some acid. So we need some medication to control the acid at the inappropriate times that acid is being secreted. But we should also look at how we can manage other risk factors to reduce that inappropriate acid secretion. Okay, so this is this is the thing. It's about it's really about balance, you know, and and, and I'm gonna keep coming back to this kind of yeah. mess that it's really about balancing your risks and your lifestyle and your desires. Yes, man. Thank you, doctor. So, any of our viewers are watching this, uh, you know, I have tried that before many years back. I don't do this right now. You know, whenever I feel this, what we call the layman term, hard bird, suddenly we, we will try to go to the fridge and take the tayuru and, you know, yogurt and put it in. Yep. And we say, oh, psychologically, we think that, you know what, oh, this yogurt has actually uh, made my digestion better or something spicy or the red chili or the curry that I had. But, yep. you know, in, in, in uh, anatomy itself, doctor, if you just explain the enzymes, the digestive yep. system, how the, you know, the, the gastrics, the, the acids are there. Uh, whoever that, you know, um, whoever the architecture of our human body, I think he done a fantastic, he or she have done yes. a fantastic job. And of course, he has created doctors like yourself, you know, the angels to come and protect us. So thank you, doctor, once again for the at Kopi events. Right. No, no, no. Thanks, thanks, man. It's, it's great you, to, to be discussing this in a in a you know in a, this kind of a forum because I think we don't want to medicalize it all the time. Yeah. There's also a lot of stuff that people can do to manage this. Right. It's, it's very important. Thank you, doctor. So, so no, we, we talk about the food. We talk about you know the anatomy, and we, we talk a lot of stuff about these enzymes and medications a little. Um, but what lifestyle factors, doctor? I mean, if somebody um, phasing uh, acid reflux uh, on a very regular period, like say four or five times a month. Uh, the presentations are there. The signs and symptoms are there. What they should do, doctor? Okay. So, so to understand that, right, what you should do, one needs to first understand how the body works. Okay. So our body has what's called a natural biorhythm. So we tend to produce uh, acid at certain times because we expect food to come in at certain times. So if you have very irregular eating, okay, and irregular sleep, that is going to disrupt our natural biorhythm. These two things are very important, sleep and eating schedule. So it's, it's important to try to have a regular routine about this. So unfortunately, for those of you who are working shift, and especially if you're working night shift, that's really going to mess up your system. And guess what? The data actually shows that people who are working night shift and traveling a lot and flying a lot, unfortunately, have shorter lifespans. Okay? That, that is the data. That is the data. Because it is an impact on the way the body functions. I mean, think about it. If, if your body was a car and you were just driving it 24-7 without giving it time to rest... And, 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 you know, kind of do the servicing appropriately and all of those things, mm -hmm. the car is going to run into trouble, man. 
you know so this is the thing that 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 we have to keep in mind so getting into that biorhythm understanding yourself and typically that means having a few hours of sleep every night if you don't get enough sleep at night at least maybe having a nap in the afternoon and or, or sometime during the day and also eating at regular times will somehow synchronize your biorhythm so your body your stomach will produce acid at the right time okay so those are things that are really really important that 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 you should do okay um the other of course big thing is stress la. you know the other day I, I i talked to my i was talking to my kids la. you know they're they are in you know 16 17 years old now so so my daughter said who doesn't have stress papa but you know it's just a matter of trying to manage these things but then she also was quite clear you know stress is where exam time or parents are the ones stressing us or yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know all these things so 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 exactly so so i my, think it's my also kids, uh, my kids are sleeping now so i can say that a bit louder okay okay yes so so i think i think managing some of these stresses is also useful and if you kind of need to have a chat with someone you know do reach out um, um and and also i think sometimes listening that other people also have similar problems does help one to manage your own stresses that that you know everyone is in a, in the same boat to some extent so i think those things also are going to trigger a lot of acid and angst as well and and and, and you know feel feel disturbed and it's going to affect mm -hmm. your sleep as well. so managing stress managing sleep is 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 a key thing yeah all right yeah. those things you can if you can manage vance how about you man um doctor i mean um one of the things that i definitely got to share with you um in my uh, 24 years of my uh, fitness experiences humble experiences um, I totally have to agree. Um, somehow or other, obesity um, have higher chances. I mean, this is my opinion. I have seen many uh, cases uh, of my clients who are training um, on a little avia side. Somehow or other, they tend to get uh, acid reflux uh, quite often because they share with me. I think probably the whole weight is being pushed to the sternum and the diaphragm. Mm. And I mm. think, you know, when you are sleeping at a certain position, and you know it yes. begin pressed and like what we talked about, huh? and then what they try yeah. to do is they do the self remedies, right? I mean, they think that uh, possibly I'm sleeping on the left hand side. No, still yes. feel it. So the next day I'm going to sleep it on the right hand side. So they probably yes. will try and uh, see which works. But like what do you say, doc? If it's very consistently someone is getting it, I think it's mm. very very necessary to go and check it out because your body is yes. telling you something, and yes. uh, if we are not listening then the body says, you know what, you deserve a warning shot. So this is how it goes. If it's a pain here, we need to identify. If your pain is here, you go to identify, right? Um, it's not that the pain is not going to go away, right? Um, sometimes in my line of work, I think I have a lot of challenges because if, if there's a pain in somewhere, I always tell them, you know what, go and check with a dog. Go and check with a dog. So that's my mantra. Mm. Outside looks perfect, fine, you know, strong, you know, sexy, handsome, you know, fit. But what is happening inside is also another factor. We need to look from inside then to the external itself. So that is my uh, humble uh, answer, Doc. Yes, yes. No, you're right. You're right, Vance. I think I think that's the right approach. I mean, if you try to fix yourself and it works and you feel better, that's great. Right. But it's very important that we also are honest and critical about what we're doing and set ourselves a reasonable timeline. Try something out for a couple of months. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, I think it's time to escalate and talk to someone and 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 try to get things sorted out. Um, 
because the, I mean, you know, the, the way you put it is, is absolutely right. There are some specific issues that we do want to see. Is that the problem? You know, yeah, because yeah. you remember, I, I already said acid is normal, it's secreted, and there's a rhythm. But then, why is it sometimes we are getting all this reflux and why are we getting all this regurgitation? So, so the next part of the anatomy that I also want to talk about is that our acid in the stomach and the contents in the stomach is held in place because we have something called the lower esophageal sphincter. There's a muscle at the top of the stomach, just like you know a, a mouth of a bottle and then you have a bottle cap. So something to hold the contents of the stomach inside. Now that is lax or loose. That is going to allow stuff from inside the stomach to go up. Now, yes. this is one of the problems, right? And typically, as you get older, if you're used to eating very large meals, a lot of stretching of the muscles in the stomach, especially the sphincter muscle at the top, will stretch it out and make it easy for reflux to occur. So you're quite right, Vince. If you sleep to one side or another side, sometimes it uses the gravity by yeah. tilting also to allow the contents of the stomach to empty right. out in the most smooth way. Because right. stomach is actually a slightly J-shaped or, or, or C, reverse C-shaped organ. So it right. has to flow in a certain way, right? But if there is laxity of the muscle or if there might happen to be a hernia internally, so what we yeah. call a hiatal hernia where the stomach has herniated slightly into the chest, then the symptoms will be quite pronounced. So those things are what we want to rule out, okay? Now, that's not that common. Not everyone has it, but some people do. And if you do have it, it, it can be as high as 5 to 10% or as many as 20 to 30% of people who have persistent symptoms, right? If it's once in a while, then it's probably not, not a big deal. But if you're having symptoms persistently, then you, you better want to, check it out because then those things can be treated and corrected because those are straightforward mechanical issues right there's nothing wrong with you biologically you're a healthy person but the muscle is just a bit lax so that's the the, the problem that you want to be identifying thank you doctor uh, i'm going to i'm going to mention this as well um i mean we humans are a bit of uh you know we i don't know what to say about us when we buy a car or when we buy a fridge or we get that computer or whatever things that we get in material and earthly possessions, we tend to look at the instruction menu and read it, everything. But somehow or other, um, we fail to understand our body and we're not listening. And uh, we, we, you know, the body is always communicating with us. If it's tired, you feel exhausted, you feel thirsty, you must drink water. If you're hungry, you must eat food. So the body is constantly communicating with us. But somehow or other, uh, we are not in peace with our body. But I mean, we are not listening, you know, right? I'm tired, I'm going to push. Oh, it's pain, never mind. Oh, next day, next day. You know, a lot of things are changing physiologically or internally. You know, the body is just giving a lot of communication and then finally saying, you know what? i give you a warning shot. Bam. And by then it's too late. Um, probably we should have a health instruction manual book for every human being so that we look, okay, I got a pain and it's lasting more than five days. I need to go and see this doctor. Okay, I'm fine. I rest. You know, some sort of that to understand our body. So unfortunately, we don't have it, but I think it's necessary to understand. Well, you know, Vance, you're absolutely right. And I think that's where 
the kind of stuff that you're doing helps because you're Thank putting you. the message out and let people be aware that look, these are some things that you want to pay attention to. Look, I, I you know, we we spoke before this, and and I believe in schools they really should be emphasizing this, yeah. right? But we, you know, what it's like. It's all academics, academics, academics. So when it yeah. comes to health, body, PE, all this is relegated and often cancelled yeah. because extra yeah. class is being put in, right? right? So, so, so I think I think that that's where we do have a problem as a society. We we have focused a lot on the knowledge domain, but we are not focusing on the actual action, the skill sets you need, uh, servicing and managing our body. I mean, you mentioned about cars. People love to get these beautiful cars, but what is the Singaporean habit? After two three years, change to a new car. Two three yeah. years, change to a new car. Right. <laughs> Who is servicing and maintaining that beautiful car and running it for 10 years or extending the COE? I know some people do that, but it really is a rarity. So I think we do need to look at ourselves and, you know, what what kind of lifestyle we are leading now. And and, and unfortunately, body is not disposable. You know, you can't buy another one in 10 years' time. You know, you've got to stick with the same one. And uh, so better to pay a bit of attention to it, you know. And and I think uh, we are we are sending our cars and our things or material things in a very frequent servicing. Well, when it comes to our human body, we're like, mm, you know what, I shall go next year. You know, you know, or everything is postponed. Uh, but so viewers, we are listening this or watching this. Health assessment is very important. Health is your biggest wealth because you can be a multi-billionaire or millionaire or zillionaire. But if you don't have your health, you come back to zero. So take care of your health. Listen to your body, and live blissfully and happy. Doc, yeah. we are going to come into the food and beverages right now. Right. Certain food, certain drinks, beverages, soda can need affect the acid or trigger the acid mm. reflux. Yes. So, so going on with the theme about the acidity. So, if we have food that's very strong, uh, uh, spicy, um, alcohol, um, that that's going to be be irritating as well because in addition to the acid, it's also going to trigger. Uh, other other sensitivities in the gut. Now, how would you know that? It's very simple. If you just put it on your lip and you notice that it is sensitive, you can be sure that it's going to be sensitive in the gut, right? It's going to be giving you heartburn. So, so that's very easy. I, I tell a lot of people, you know, you eating, whacking all the chili and the masala and everything like that. But if you just put it on the outside of your lip, you realize how much is going to burn you. And that's how much is going to burn you inside. Like, many, many times more. Um, the other thing is, of course, all the gassy drinks. And I think this is something, someone sent this to me, you know, that's the right way to pour a gassy drink. You need to pour it out of the bottle so that some of the gas dissipates. Otherwise, the gas that is bottled into that mm-hmm. drink, you just drink it straight out of the bottle, that gas is going to just come out in your stomach and it's just going to really stretch everything and you're going right. to feel very bloated. So I think um, maybe events. I don't know if you've done a show about this, but uh, yeah. you can show people how to really pour out a, a right. gassy drink or a beer, Take and then you know you just clear but, but, the but gas. Dog, but dog, I got to stop you here. But you know, people are drinking this soda is because for the soda they want the bubbles, they want that the burp. Uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. And then and then they fail to understand when you drink that soda, it goes into your stomach. It's like a volcano. The acid is already there. And then you put a soda in. So chemical reaction. I don't know what's exactly. going to happen, but this exactly. is what we've been doing all while. So 
No, you know, Vance, look, I agree with you. When you're 16 years old or 18 years old, it's okay, you know. But when you're 45 years old and your kids are looking at you and you're like, all these things, it's not cool, man. It's not yeah. cool, man. Not it's cool not cool, cool, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, doc. So soda is definitely it's it's bad. You know we you know the health promotion board and especially our local government is now come up with this nutri fact, right? A, B, C, and D, right? They're trying to right. say go as low as A. Don't try to go, you know, try to avoid. And then all our beverage makers, all right. If you look at it, they all you know come up with you know reduce sugar, less sugar, and eventually some say no sugar also. So, um, soda is definitely bad. How about food, doctor? Where are we looking at in terms of food? Is there any particular food or is it based on individual? Okay, that, so this is a really good question. Now, I, I have a general guide. I, I try not to vilify food. You know, I, yeah. I think if, if you have food, it's not a question of whether the food is healthy or unhealthy, is good or bad. All food is, is uh, providing us some form of nourishment and we just need to understand what that is. But the problem with the food, I think, is the amount that we're eating now. You know, you, you're not going to build a lot of muscle because you're eating two or three steaks or eating one big lamb shank or something like that. You know, you, you, you can eat it. But if you don't work out, it's not going to go into the muscle. It's just going to go in the fat, you know. So, so this is the thing. There's this huge misconception that, you know, somehow people are looking at Westerners and saying, well, I'm going to yeah. eat all this meat and then I'm going to get really muscular. I mean, you, you, you. This is what you do, right? You, you teach these things to people that you got to work out, man. You wanna, you wanna build a muscle. You got to put in yeah. that effort. So I think certain foods, like if you, so, if you eat a lot of protein and meat, that is gonna sit in your stomach a long time because it's not easy to digest these heavy foods, especially if it's full of masala and spices, and you know, it's gonna take a while to digest. So it's gonna really prolong what we call the gastric emptying time so it takes a long time so you feel the symptoms in fact most times if you eat a really heavy meaty lunch you'll find you're stuffed even at dinner time so imagine if you eat that at dinner time you you're not going to be able to sleep properly because that is sitting in your stomach it's still only halfway being digested and it's already midnight and you're trying to sleep right and the worst thing is you happen to have a beer after that oh my gosh that that's going to add you know, the food is there and then the gas is there. So it's really going to be a problem. So heavy food, spicy food, fatty food, high in protein, all of these things is going to worsen your acid reflux if you have it. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for that. And um, viewers are also being encouraged to ask us questions uh, pertaining to the topic that we're talking about, acid reflux. Uh, with me is Dr. Shankar Pasupati. Uh, been a great conversation for the past almost 39 minutes. Uh, he's the medical director from the Digestive Center, Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Thank you, doctor, for having your precious time with us. And we still have about another 20 more questions. Uh, sorry, not 20 more questions. 20 more minutes to go. Um, so we're going to come into the food aspect as well, doctor. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you work with a pool of people and experts and professions, you know. Um, so that, you know, you can work very holistically. So what is the role of diet and nutrition in managing acid reflux? Okay, so, and, so Vance, this is a super question. This is actually, I believe in the mantra, food is medicine, okay? It's not my saying. This is going back centuries, in fact, thousands of years. Uh, is from Hippocrates himself. I don't know whether he said it or, or the Greeks believed it. But in all cultures... Actually, you just need to talk to your own grandparents, right? They will tell yeah. you that 
food, healthy food will give you good health and health is wealth, right? So, so it's really important to be eating the right kind of food in the right balance. So, so the first step is, I don't think there's no evil food, okay? I don't want to say anything is evil. It's the portion. So whatever you want to eat, uh, try to keep it to a smaller portion. Now, we used to eat like that when we were younger in the past because things were also, you know, in small portions. But somehow, in Singapore, we've gotten more affluent and the portions have grown. So, so you know, my, my, my wife tells it's because of the Western food and McDonald's. But no, you know, you can go out and, and the size of the biryani, the size of the Hokkien Mee, the size of the Chakwe Tiao is huge, man, now. I mean, I, I, I realize that that two or three people can eat the one serving that is being offered to you right now. So, so you know, portion sizes have really grown. So I think keeping that portion size small is going to be a huge step towards making you feel better. The second thing is a huge variety, man. It's like we, we, we have this insatiable appetite. We go out, we must order five different things, you know. Why can't we just eat the one thing? I remember when we were students, you know, you're counting the how many coins in your pocket and, you know, $2 or whatever that you have and then just eat one thing. Nowadays, it's like, wow, the kids seem to be able to eat so many different things. After that, whack one bubble tea as well with all these bobas, you know. <laughs> so it's just crazy the amounts and the variety that we have right now. So if we just take a step back, enjoy the food. And here, I'd like to take a leaf from the French. You know, it's not you depriving yourself. You are going for the concept of fine dining. You right. enjoy the food, small portion. That's the way to go. What do you think, Vance? Uh, okay, I, I, I got to confess something because, you know, no, very transparent. I went for fine okay. dining. Yeah. Um, the bill cost about, I mean, anyway, it was a treat. Um, the bill cost almost about 800 bucks, you know, Doc? Um, the omelette, or rather the egg white, or whatever you call it, right? It's like 30, 40 bucks. Uh, I ordered some, you know, platter, like a you know, fish and something, and okay. bigger size, yes, 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 just yes. like this, all right? And I yes. had that, and then a, a few more other stuffs came in, right? That was just an appetizer for me, because for me, it's hunger. It just yeah. created more hunger, yeah. and I have to come back home, and yeah. then my mom cooked the typical, you know, the sambar with rice and, you know, <laughs> right. the, okay. uh, the, the, the karavada, you know, the, the, the yeah, small Yeah, fish. yeah, I know, dried yeah. fish. Yeah. yeah. And I had that. $800, come back home, he did yeah. so better to me. So, I mean, that's yeah. for me. But there was a time that, you know, I, I decided, <laughs> so yes, we have to look at the portion size. But sometimes, uh, Doc, I think we have evolved, especially things are so comfortable nowadays. We are hardly walking. Um, like what you mentioned, the size mm. of the serving is now getting bigger. Um, the cost is also maybe trying to keep it low so that mm. people, you know, start coming in yes. more and more and more. So it's it's, it's yes. a big uh, economical or rather I would say it's a way, you know, people are going for it right now. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and you know, Vance, I, I'm so glad you brought this thing up because I think one of the problems that we have in Singapore is that we've become very pretentious. You know, so so I I apologize with, with the with the phrasing of fine dining to equate to posh restaurant with a big bill, because I actually spent one year doing my fellowship in France. I learned a lot about food and lifestyle, and it is actually a culture. Now, just to take a step back to our own eating style in Singapore, all of you have probably been to a wedding banquet, Chinese wedding banquet, right? right. And if you think about it. 
The first course is a cold dish. Then comes the soup. Then comes some veggie, maybe some fish, maybe Damn some the chicken. Life. By that time, you are stuffed. Honestly, you don't need to wait for the rice or the noodles, which is the second last course. And the last course will be the dessert, right? So, yeah. so actually, it is also in our culture to eat like this small portions. But somehow, we, of course, at a, at a wedding banquet, it's a, a lot of food. Lah. But what I'm trying to say is that we have it in our culture that we have this option of small plate. You know, if you eat dim sum, it's a small plates. I actually enjoy our traditional Indian food where, you know, the yellow sapade, which is a bit of yeah. rice on the banana leaf and all the different types of vegetables and small dishes, right? Now, of course, the big culprit is that you end up with a lot of rice. rice. But if you think about it and take away the rice part of it and, and just look at the dishes, it's actually a few different servings of dishes and... I remember my grandmother used to cook the best, all the different vegetables, all tasty. And that part is not filling. The only way to fill up is just keep more eating more and more rice. Now, yeah. to that, um, all I'm going to say is just go half on the rice. Just enjoy all the little dishes. That's it. We, we can do it. We don't need to kind of, you know, go into something fancy. So I, 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 I hear you, Vance. Let's draw on our own culture and heritage and the way that we used to eat, our forefathers used to eat little things. You know, nasi lemak was a simple meal, you simple. know. Yeah. Now, <laughs> nasi lemak, you must have a fried chicken wing, which is the wing and half the breast of the yeah. chicken, you know. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. The thigh is so big, you know. I don't remember eating that when I was a kid. It was just the, the dried up little fish, you know, like you said, the carvana, yeah, right? Just a little yeah. bit of fish, maybe some ikan bilis and the sambal mm. rice and a bit of timun, you know. That 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 was the nasi lemak, a little thing, and and, and you're fine on that. So yeah. I think we, we have things that we, mm. we can choose to do and have. And the moment, and, and sometimes when you feel discomfort and pain and heartburn and all these things, it's an opportunity to then take a good long look yeah. at our eating and say, why don't we just cut down a little bit? Eat the food, but just a bit less, you know? Kind of enjoy that. And then I think that, that that's probably uh, the way that most people can manage. Now, if it still doesn't get better, then of course, you know, just, just come and see us. Like, you know, there, there's yep. a, uh, doctors you can see, dietitians you can see, you can have a chat with your friendly uh, trainer, Vance, who will also, you know, I think a lot of us in this space realize that that people got to do things uh, sensibly for themselves right. and, and, and try to sort these things out, you know. No need to resort to medication as the first thing, but just have it as an option, as a standby once in a while. If you need it, then you can take it, you know. That, that, that's, that's my general approach. I think, I think people, let's, let's enjoy what we're eating. And, and definitely doctor i mean uh, you spoke very well on the food part because most of the times you know um you know some say no i'm gonna avoid this avoid that unless they are allergy to mm. a particular or certain food after they've done a test and they say yes it's perfectly fine to avoid but now nowadays it's true um all the food portion size has increased and mm. we are eating often and consistently and frequency also has increased up Absolutely. not only three meals now four meals five meals a day you know no, exactly. Um, so I, I, I can I can feel how our poor stomach and the acid is working constantly 
exactly. digesting, digesting and putting enzymes. They put enzymes. I'm digesting, you know. So the poor fellow is just working non-stop. Uh, only you know how to communicate with them and say, yes. okay, cool down a bit, you know, we, we try to solve. So you're the great communicator for our stomach and to prevent <laughs> all these unnecessary issues that we create upon ourselves. So no, thank you for that, doctor. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, thank you, Doctor. I, we have um, Cindy, Cindy yes. Chin. Uh, doctor, is it true that if we eat more soup stuff that may cause due to the MSG salt, is that could be also a reason why I am getting acid reflux by Cindy Chia? Yes, Cindy. I think that's a, that's a good question um, because the soup, okay, two things, right? It may be all the different types of uh, salt and uh, different types of additives inside. So for the flavoring, but also don't forget, uh, a lot of times in the soup, we don't realize there's quite a lot of fat or oil in the soup because it's all part of the soup. It's hot, right? And then you don't realize how much uh, uh, oil is in that as well. So So it's the oil or sometimes it's the different types of seasonings like MSG and all that that's there. And one more thing is that sometimes in our food, we also nowadays have like the, the fish ball and all these things. There's different preservatives. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, so all the different additives uh, can also trigger all kinds of funny symptoms because these are newer chemicals that are entering into our, yeah. our body. So so I think the, the, and the last thing, of course, soup is the volume. You don't realize that you're eating a lot, but it's, it's a lot of liquid. Our right. stomach, just to give you a sense, right, usually max uh, is about one liter. So if you consume half a liter and a big bowl of ramen, I had a patient actually once come and tell me, Doc, she, she said, I, I went out to eat ramen with my sister and then I felt so bloated and I felt everything was coming up. I said, ma'am, yeah. the ramen bowl nowadays uh, in the shop uh, is so big. It's bigger than your face, you know, that size. Can you imagine yeah. that ramen bowl yeah. sitting, sitting in your tummy? Yeah. In the amount yeah. of, of fluid. Then the ramen, uh, they, and they boil the stock. So it's so yeah. rich, you know. It's not a thin soup like a yeah. broth or something. It's actually very thick soup. I sometimes feel like I want to pass out when I have a bowl of ramen, you know. So, yeah. so, so I, I, I really am very careful nowadays. I mean, I, I eat the noodles part and, and go easy on the liquid soup. Right. So there are a few reasons, um, but these are these are these are the possibilities, now. Okay. I got to echo for that, doctor, because recently I gave an interview for media mm -hmm. on a plant-based, meat-based, protein-based and process based and um and i and then i i got to strongly suggest and encourage people that whoever i know um telling them to avoid as much as possible on the processed meat because first thing is we're not seeing what is inside number mm. two we're not seeing the additives we're not second one we don't see the flavorings the oil and lastly is the msg mm. which is contains the most uh, uh you know side effects that can cause us, you know, dehydration, you know, you, you feel bloated and all the other stuff. And, and I think it's very important that if you want to eat something, I think it's better that you made your own self, like a patty or samosa or even a, like a veggie patty or fish patty or chicken patty. If you do it your own self, you yes. know what you're putting inside. So I know it's a little bit of work to be done at home, but yes. in terms of health, you are way much more safer and you can also taste, put the taste for your own self rather than buying. You know, doctor, I have stopped eating fish balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How can the fish balls so tasty? You know, it's like, ooh, 
you know last time i can finish 10 20 also wag wag the burger you know previously you know this i'm talking about 6 7 years back but nowadays you give me fish ball i will just take and throw at the person <laughs> i stopped i stopped eating uh, fish balls uh, but of course like uh, you know sometimes that's creating a lot of um, um and not say anxiety but more into like cravings you know you want to eat so always better to choose your food wisely uh, before you put anything to your tongue because viewers please do understand that whatever that you eat it's only probably about 5 or 7 seconds once you taste it that's it it's going to harm or benefit we are not sure only you are responsible for your food that you're putting in your tongue so please make the wise choice try and avoid and make a lot of adjustments in your food and nutrition excellent yes no i i i echo that i think every time you try something new go softly i always tell people try one or two pieces and stop let's see how your body tolerates it and i want to echo what you said vance even if you don't cook all the time once in a while just cook in fact mm. my neighbor said to me he regularly eats out and one time they made pasta at home and he said wow we made the pasta and ate and we felt so light compared to when they used to go out and eat the pasta they feel so heavy i said they that's now that's how you realize all the stuff <laughs> that they are putting inside in the shop all yeah. the different enhancers flavor enhancers and all that and the amount of meat and perhaps it's it's healthy but they cook down the the meat the bones and all that but it's very heavy it's very heavy so so actually at the end of the day when you cook it yourself you actually realize how heavy how salty how sweet how oily all these these things are then it helps you to rebalance your your taste preferences you know so so i think this is a this is a good point that you brought up vance i, I want to echo that yeah thank Try you doctor So definitely we are going to catch up for coffee one of these days um <laughs> and we try to go for healthy food. Uh right. we try to avoid spicy. Uh we will also try to avoid processed food. Uh probably we will eat uh, some uh, salad. Yes. <laughs> some chicken or fish. If you are vegan we can go for chickpeas, lentils, uh tofu, you know. We will have a healthy one. We we set the example. <laughs> no, of yeah, course, of course. But behind yeah. you like the curry lah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think look, everything in balance yeah. and proportion. So so I have to say, you know when we when we lived in France, right? We don't we never ate at any fancy restaurant, just local neighborhood stores. And sometimes you get curry, sometimes you get Vietnamese food, sometimes you get Moroccan style tagine, you know? And all of this, huh? What's amazing is that a culture like the French is they are very like Asian you know at the end of the day they incorporate yeah. all these different tastes and then they will dish it out you know in a nice small portion for you to enjoy and and the flavor is the key so it's a small amount you really enjoy take your time and i think that's what we want to do we want to go back to the way imagine your grandma made it you know you sit at the table you eat and then your mom will say hey no no running here switch off all the device you know no watching tv sit at the table eat properly enjoy your food appreciate that somebody put in effort to to cook that and i think we we need to recapture some of that uh nostalgia but it's also the feeling about really respecting and enjoying the food lah you know then 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 we will have a good experience so we will go for a mixture of uh, indian food and western as well how about that everything That's right. Sounds good, man. <laughs> uh, thank you, doctor. Thank you so much. Right. I mean, uh, not at all. It's been it's, fun. It's been an interesting 55 minutes. 
And I know we still have more <laughs> questions to take, but we're not going to take it that. Okay. Perhaps we will take it offline or maybe perhaps right. it's part two in sure. the upcoming months. Uh, right. Any any takeaway or any tip that you want to give our weavers um, so that they can take back and you know think about it? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I want to tell everyone to really enjoy your food and be you know, creative, curious, and try to sometimes make your own dishes. The more you participate in the whole uh, uh, cuisine and, and preparation, you'll enjoy it and you'll be able to much better manage your symptoms, you know. Then then that, that I think is going to be very useful. And the second thing is don't sabotage yourself or other people because a lot of times we have this habit that, oh, eat la, eat la, everybody eat la, you know, eat, eat, eat until <laughs> everybody cannot sabotage. Today also I was talking to someone, then he brought his family with him, you know, the mother and the wife and said that I'm trying to eat less. And this is funny because this is a guy, right? He says, I'm trying <laughs> to eat less, but you know, you see all this is served to me and then they look at me and like, I feel very guilty if I don't eat. So I had to explain to all of them. You know, <laughs> all right. So so just enjoy, participate, and make sure you manage your symptoms by yourself as much as you can. Any issues, just reach out to us. All right. Vance is your guy. He'll point you in the right direction. Thank you, doctor. Right. Thank you so much for setting aside one hour after a busy schedule. No, and I know no, how busy no. you can be. Um, and also taking the time to share and create awareness on uh, acid reflux as well. I think it's a very important. I think most people, I think everyone, probably everyone have, have acid reflux before, right? It's just that I'm they're not sure, sure what has happened. Um, thank you for inform informing us about all these factors and signs and symptoms and presentations as well. Thank you so much, Doctor. We're definitely going to meet up for the coffee, salad, and the curry as well. We, we, we will go for it. We will stay connected. All right. Okay, Let's cheers. Thank you very thank much. You, thank all you right, so man. much. Thank you so bye much bye. for joining us. Good night, us. everyone. Good night. All right. So that's Dr. Shankar Pasupati, Medical Director at Digestive Center, Mount Elizabeth Hospital. My greatest appreciation to Doc because, you know, doctors, right? I mean, um, over the past three over years, whenever I go on site for discussion and some testings, um, they are always busy. They are always studying. They are always doing something, right? So I believe that doctors are constantly studying and, you know, they are so passionate about what they do. So a greatest uh, appreciation to all the doctors out there and especially Dr. Shankar Paspati who just joined us for past one hour on the topic of reflux acid. I think all of us have been a culprit before, uh, faced that before we try our own remedies, we try our own interventions, and possibly, you know, our own, you know, trying to drink some yogurt and kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just a temporary relief. Um, like I always mention in my coaching sessions and my talk sessions that it is very important that we constantly communicate our body. If your body is giving you pain, discomfort, you know, sometimes confusion, the mind always confuses us. Um, it's time to relax, put everything aside. Nothing can be more important than our health, our body. Listen to it actively and see what it's telling you. Sometimes it is the early warning signs that the body is giving us and we have to quickly react on it. 
before something major comes in, right? The body is a very clever mechanism. It tells us everything. It's just that sometimes you are not listening. And uh, today's topic has actually shined some light on uh, acid reflux as well. Um, if you do have uh, consistently, your frequency is more and, um, you know, probably more than five, more than seven, more than eight, and, you know, something that's coming consistently, I think it is time to ratify, right? Not to do self-remedies. Um, go and check with your favorite docs. Um, if you want an expert, just like Dr. Shankar Pasupati, who talked to us, talked to, uh, about us to all about this acid reflux. So, yes, we are going to meet up again on next Wednesday at 9 p.m. on another topic at Kopi Events. If you do want me to cover a topic that you think that will be very beneficial to you and to all the viewers and to all your loved ones, hit me up, give me a message, and I'll try to see if that is possible. Um, I'm going to sign up, and I hope you have a very great week ahead and a weekend ahead as well. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to contact Dr. Shankar Pasupati on the curry and uh, salad. And especially we are going to go for our coffee as well. So to have more discussion on the body and our taste buds as well. So that we are not going to inform you, you know. We are going to be very good and clean about that. So have a wonderful week and a weekend ahead. Have a lovely evening. This is your Vance, Kopi with Vance. Today is not Kopi, something drainy, icy. I'll catch you soon. All right. Ciao. Adios, amigo. Bye.